0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Player Pandemonium, a series of audio essays about video games. It's the holiday season and you know what that means, it's time for Player Pandemonium's Big Holiday Event. And I bet you're asking, Player Pandemonium man, what is the Big Holiday Event? Well I'm glad you asked. In the month of December I will talk about holiday, winter, or snow themed levels and games. There'll be four episodes each month coming out each Friday to get you into the holiday spirit. So without further ado, let's get right to it! Let's be honest with ourselves. Snow and ice levels are very hit or miss. These levels can be very tricky with slick spots, like say World 6 from Super Mario Brothers 3, or have snow getting your way in a blizzard, like Snow Barrel Blast in Donkey Kong Country. Yes, most snow and ice levels get a level that would normally be easy, actually very difficult with its gimmick. These levels are not quite it. These are actually five really good snow and ice levels that I personally like. Something that breaks out that winter feeling or that Christmas joy without all the holiday headaches. On Twitter, I ran a poll to my followers as to what snow level I should cover. I had four levels chosen, I was going to review the winner. However, I learned that I just have too much to talk about with each of these levels, so putting the non-winners on the back burner felt unjustified to me. There is one level I'm going to talk about that was not part of the poll, but, you know, I thought, why talk about four levels when I could just talk about five? You know, round it up. Before I start, I should point out that this is not a top five snow levels list, or these are the only snow levels that I enjoy. There's just so many snow levels that I cannot even list all of them in an episode this is not a countdown or a list that's in any order. So without further ado, here are 5 snow levels I think you just absolutely have to play. It only makes sense that I start out my list with gaming's most iconic character in Mario. The Mario games has a great selection of snow and ice levels in their own right. If people talk about snow levels in Mario, they mostly talk about Super Mario 64's Cool Cool Mountain. Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to because I feel like there's another Mario world that pulls off the snow aesthetic even better, so I'm going to decide to go for something a little more modern. Super Mario Odyssey has its fair share of fantastic worlds, however I feel like the snow kingdom is one of the highlights of the game. When you arrive to the snow-covered kingdom, there's a blizzard going on, and there's also a lack of music so it really hammers in the isolation of what seems to be an abandoned kingdom. As you explore the frozen kingdom and move around some snow, you'll fall into a hole, that's where you'll find Chilferia Town. It's a happy snow village with great music and an overall jolly and winter-like environment. It's also one of the most appealing things with Mario Odyssey. I think one thing people like about Cool Cool Mountain in Super Mario 64 is that you're going downhill like a sled. I feel the same way with the Snow Kingdom. You start in the cold top and then work your way down to the cool festive village. One of the main gimmicks here is the Bound Bowl Grand Prix. It's a race where you control a round ball person... Thing, and you need to use the bounce ability on the hills and angles in order to get the advantage of the race. Most of the time, non-racing games that have racing game minigames are very mid at best, but this is no doubt one of the better ones. Once you get all the main story moons in the kingdom, the blizzard passes up top and you can start seeing the area more clearly. Just try to stay out of the frozen water. Let's go from one vastly popular series to another. Who doesn't like Star Wars? Well, okay, maybe a lot of you don't, especially after the new movies, but most people like Star Wars at least. It's very hard to go out of town and see something that isn't Star Wars related, and this of course also means video games. There's quite a few Star Wars games, but the one I mainly want to talk about is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. The game itself is... Uh, not good, but definitely the highlight of the game is no doubt the game's first mission in the Battle of Hoth. That's right, you get to live the iconic battle on the snow-covered planet. This stage contains four parts. First, you have to take out the Imperial droids that really don't attack much. This is a real great introduction to the game as it lets you get used to the controls a little bit. It's also a great introduction as you get all the feel, sights, and sounds of Star Wars. Anything from lasers going everywhere to that iconic John Williams score, it's all there. The music in this game does sound a little bit crushed on the original orchestra pieces, but overall it sounds pretty good. Objective 2, you'll have to take out ATSTs, so those little two-legged things that walk around. These take a few shots from your blasters. They take a little bit to take down, but nothing too bad. Objective 3 is where things get really intense. Now you have to deal with the at 80s the big four-legged things from the movie. I remember as a kid always being freaked out by these things. Your blasters won't do any good here, so you'll have to use the harpoon cable on this behemoth in order to trip it. Objective 4 has a mix of everything combined: ATSTs, ATATs, you name it. Take out a few more ATATs with your harpoon cable, and it's mission complete. However, as you pass the level, the Imperial forces have already destroyed the shield generator protecting Hoff, which the only thing you can really do is retreat to fight another day. I know this level is not exactly the idea of a winter wonderland people might think when you think snow levels, but I think it's one of the greatest first levels in an otherwise very mediocre video game. Great music, all the sights and sounds of Star Wars, tons of going on, and intense fun gameplay. With Shadows of the Empire being one of the earliest titles for the Nintendo 64 system, the Battle of Hoth really showed the potential of what the system could do. Seeing one of the most iconic moments in Star Wars be done in 3D and being able to play it was pretty cool at the time. The Battle of Hoth would also make a return on the Nintendo 64 in Star Wars Rogue Squadron as the final unlockable mission for getting Gold Rank on all the other missions. As it is quite the challenge to unlock Hoth in this game, it was cool to go back to the frozen tundra planet to see how much the N64 had improved in technology in just a few years. You ever go to a restaurant and the appetizer ends up being way better than the actual meal? Well, in Shadows of the Empire, Hoth is that appetizer. Let's go from Star Wars to Zelda. Sorry I ain't got a clever segue for this, so... Um... Zelda has its grand choices when it comes to ice dungeons, however the one that really stands out the most for me is Twilight Princess' Snowpeak Ruins. This dungeon's unlike any other dungeon in Zelda for many reasons. For one, it's inside someone's home. Quite a different take and a quite a different theme for a dungeon, but hey, it's quite creative. The main objective for this dungeon is that a Yeti that helped you out earlier has a wife who is sick with a mysterious illness, and the Yeti is trying to make a soup to make her feel better. As part of your main quest, you are after the Mirror of Twilight. The Yeti wife knows that the mirror is inside her bedroom, but she doesn't know where the key is, so you're on a fetch quest to try to find the bedroom key. Another thing that makes this temple quite different is that it is very compact, as most Zelda temples are very huge and contain multiple floors. Snowpeak Ruins is a few floors and not many rooms. The first couple times you think you're going to get the key, you end up getting a pumpkin or a piece of cheese. Clearly she's having a hard time remembering where the key actually is. You can take these food ingredients to the Yeti and he'll put it in the soup. You can take a bottle of soup to help you heal up if needed. Something that can come very handy as you are probably going to take a few ice hits. Not to mention if you're playing on Twilight Princess's HD Hero Mode, you no doubt want to load up on soup. The main item you get in this level is the Ball and Chain. It's a slow attack and leaves you wide open to be attacked, but it can deal massive damage. You can use the Ball and Chain to break ice blocks that are blocking some of the doors in the dungeon. There's also a few cannonball puzzles you'll have to complete in order to progress through this maze of a mansion. At the end of the level, our Yeti wife finds the Mirror of Twilight in her bedroom. However, the Mirror has strange evil powers and that's what's been making her sick in the first place. She ends up getting corrupted and turns into a giant ice monster. Use the Ball and Chain to break the ice and defeat the boss. I won't say what happens at the end of this dungeon, but it leaves with the Yeti and his wife having a bittersweet and heartwarming moment. In the end, Snowpeak Ruins is unlike any other Zelda dungeon. It has creative puzzles, great theme, cool ice puzzles, great ice enemies, and no doubt will make you feel the chill. Another highlight in a fantastic game. Mostly when I talk about video games, it's mostly retro, not so much mainstream stuff. Let me give you a change of pace for a moment and talk about one of my favorite first person shooters of all time, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I enjoy Modern Warfare 1 online a little more, but Modern Warfare 2 makes it up for its single-player campaign mode. The first two missions really help you get used to how Modern Warfare 2 works, but the third mission in Cliffhanger is where things really start to pick up. Cliffhanger takes you and your task force to the snowy hills of Kazakhstan. The level starts you out on the side of a cliff as you have to crawl up the ice to progress. I guess that's why they call it Cliffhanger. As you're climbing, an aircraft will fly overhead and your partner, Captain McTavish... McTavish... What? Anyway, Bobbles almost falls off, no doubt to spook you in a very tense moment. You'll end up making a leap of faith but come up short, that's when your captain makes the save for you, another nail-biter moment already in this level. You'll find an enemy base as a snowstorm starts to pick up, use this snowstorm to your advantage to hide. You also have a radar on your gun so you get to drop on some guards. You'll have to set up some C4 as later your captain gets in a very sticky situation as he's surrounded by guards after you get the ACS module. Use the C4 to distract the guards and take them all out in a bullet time slow motion moment. This is where the level really cranks up in intensity. After that, you're getting bombarded by an onslaught of guards and wheels going after you. So much for sneaking in. This is where we get some of that run-and-gun Call of Duty action that the series is known for. After that conflict, you get on a wheel as you're taking out most soldiers in a high-speed chase to get out of there. Still that one of the most intense and most high-speed moments in Modern Warfare 2. The snowmobile section ends with a huge leap of faith where everything goes silent for the jump and then picks back up once you make the jump. The game's sound design I think is what makes Call of Duty stand out for most games at that time, getting the escape helicopter and it's mission complete. In the end, Cliffhanger is a fantastic mission in Call of Duty and it brings everything that makes the Call of Duty franchise and the Modern Warfare games absolutely fantastic. If you're not hooked to this game after completing Cliffhanger, then I don't know what to tell you. That's till the next mission, no Russian doesn't turn you off. The No Russian mission is quite controversial in its own right, but maybe I'll get to that another time. See what I did? I ended the cliffhanger section by giving you a cliffhanger. Let's go from military operations to the racetrack. While well, I did my poll on Twitter on which snow level I should cover, the winner by a large margin was Mount Wario from Mario Kart 8. Makes sense seeing how one of my most listened to episodes of my audio essays is my review over Waluigi Pinball. I guess you guys really like your Mario Kart, huh? Mount Oreo is the final track in the Star Cup in Mario Kart 8 and man is it a doozy. The track's unlike most tracks as it is a point A to point B kind of race, not exactly laps but just one giant course. The course takes place on a huge snowy mountain as you must drive off a helicopter at the peak of the mountain and work your way down. You'll be met with a series of turns that are perfect for drifting, especially with the ice train for very slick and satisfying drifting. There's even a shortcut in one of these turns if you're skilled enough to go for it. Now the second lap begins. That's when you'll notice there's dynamic music in this course and it will change up as you progress. Glide through the river and make a jump and then you have to deal with water currents going sideways. Get past this and then you have to go into a series of woods. Hey, it's Wario's Woods for the NES. (laughs) I'm just joking. You'll have to do some slick cart driving to avoid all the trees. This is where the music changes the game for a more intense moment of the course. After the woods, you hit the final lap. This is where you have to do some Olympic style sloping and drifting along with some hilly parts that you can ramp off of to get a small boost. Next is a downhill straightway leading up to the finish. You can see the finish far out in the distance, so this is no doubt the final stretch of the course. There are tons of boosts and a huge ramp to go off of. There's even one final turn before the finish that you can pass through with a mushroom. This can lead us to very intense and nail-biter moments, especially online. Overall, Mount Wario might be my favorite course in Mario Kart 8 and likely would be a top 10 all-time on my list. I love the idea of starting on top of a mountain of fish and finishing off at the bottom. The dramatic change in music really adds to the course, and this course just has everything that makes Mario Kart great and fun. And this course shows up when I'm playing online, no doubt more times than not, I'm gonna pick Mount Wario. And that's five ice slash snow levels I think you should play. I'll have a little something different to them, and note that will get you in the holiday spirit. It'll make you feel the chill of the winter season. There is one more level I do want to talk about, but honestly, I think it's going to take an entire episode just to talk about it. A level that the first thing I think of when someone says snow level, this is the one I think of. Something that's just fantastic and brings out the holiday spirit. So until next time, thank you for listening.